And privileged to serve here at the church as one of the pastors, one of the elders. And I, I love my job. And it's more than a job. It's really just a passion for me. And I, and I know that it is for all of our staff and for many of you. It is a passion to be part of God's church and part of His kingdom. And before we get talking about the new series, just a little bit of family business. Uh, on Resurrection Sunday, a couple of weeks ago, we were just so excited to tell you some good news. Um, the journey we've been on as a church was... Uh, we went through the process of buying the land next door. At the time, the council said, listen, if you buy the land, we will rezone it for you. Uh, and then we got to the point where we tried to engage in that process, and they had pretty much turned around saying, no, we can't. Uh, and I think we fed that news to you about sort of September last year. And we've been praying as a church, and we've been walking in the dark a bit. But on Resurrection Sunday, I was able to tell you that the council had come back to us after lots of knocking, after lots of talking, lots of praying, saying, guys, go ahead. Go again to the process, and we were so excited uh, as a church. And um, what's been happening in the meantime is since that has happened, we've appointed a town planner, and a lot of the things are underway. But the thing I want to tell you about this morning is that in the background throughout this whole process, we've been looking at the design of what our new home is going to look like. And uh, we've had a bit of back and forth and looking at things and debating and talking about things. And a couple of weeks ago, we saw a design that got us so excited. And we can't wait to show you guys, the church, the design. And um, it's the steering team. They saw it and immediately they were excited. Staff and leadership, they saw it and they were excited. And the design team, they were excited. Gary, our architect, is excited. And um, hopefully you pick up some of the excitement. So in three weeks' time, on the 27th of May, I know you're going to be here every Sunday anyway, right? I know that, but just mark it down in your diary. Love to see you guys on the 27th of May. We're going to take some time out on that day to show you this design and share some of the excitement. All right, so um, we are starting this new series. Earlier on this year, we spoke about the fact that this is the year we believe God is calling us to walk by faith, specifically understanding that God wanted us to walk towards, not away from, and not be passive about, but walk towards some of the obstacles that are in our way as a church. And we've already seen that as we've been walking in faith, knowing what God has called us to, He's already started bringing down some of these walls. But here's the thing, because sometimes walking by faith is just like, whatever pops into my heart, I'm going to run towards. And sometimes we can look like a bunch of children running around the mall. Uh, If we are going to be walking by faith, we need to be in tune with God. We as a church need to be in tune with the heart of God. So that we know what He's calling us to, and even if it freaks us out, and even if we cannot see kind of every single step between now and then, we know God is calling us to this, and we can start walking. Which is why this series called Abide, which is a series on prayer and fasting, is one of the most important series I think we've ever going to have done as a church. Because we want to tap into God's heart. We want to tap into His power and His presence so that we can continue walking by faith. This can't just be another series that comes and goes. If in five weeks' time, because it's a five-week series, if in five weeks' time nothing has changed in the life of this church or in our personal lives, then we have failed. Because we are truly trusting that God is going to shift something in the heart of this church. We are trusting that God is going to deposit something new that God is going to awaken things, that God is going to bear fruit in the life of this church, in the life of you and me as members of His body, in our homes and in our families. And uh, if you want to pray about something, pray about that. 
Pray that God does do that over the course of these five weeks. Now, we want to resource you to help you do that. We don't just rely on good preaching. We'll bring our best, uh, but we also want to provide you something practical. So most of you now have received this uh, series guide. All right, pray and fasting and uh, uh, just open it and uh, turn through. You're going to see in the first few pages are some amazing articles. Now, I know some of you are not uh, readers, but if you're not a reader, why don't you take an article or two a week and read through it and see what you can put into practice? All right, maybe some of you are readers and by now you've actually already read it. Um, and maybe even during my sermon, you'll be doing exactly that as well. Um, but there are some incredible articles, just how to pray, some very practical articles on how to pray. If you've got kids or even teenagers, just some encouragement for you in there. Also towards the back of this series guide is a... Uh, a bit of a timeline, a bit of a, a map just taking you through what's going to be happening over the next five weeks. Not every single church event is in there, but all that pertains to this series, all that pertains to prayer. The first event is starting this Wednesday. We are going to be having a prayer and worship evening. Uh, our life groups are going to be gathering here instead of the homes uh, this coming Wednesday, starting at about quarter to seven for a bit of chow, and then we'll have to worship and prayer. will be done by about 8.30. Uh, if you're not part of a life group, uh, come along on Wednesday. It's going to be an exciting time. So uh, love to see most of you there. On the 2nd of June, we're having a prayer walk, and we're going to be talking more about that. And there's a whole bunch of other events. We've already mentioned the men's. We've already mentioned the missions prayer meeting, but it is all in there, which brings us to two of the challenges you're going to find in there. All right, the two challenges that we are laying out before you guys, I know some of you just love a challenge. The first one is a devotion challenge. Now, I know most of you have this incredible devotion life. Right, every single morning at four o'clock, you're up and you're soaking yourself in the presence of God, right? For the rest of us, we are saying, hey, now's a good time to start something. Now's a good time to restart something. Now's a good time to recatalyze, renew a devotion life. So the challenge is this. Why don't you commit over the course of these next five weeks, just give yourself a short-term goal over the next five weeks, take six out of the seven days a week and commit to spending some time with the Lord. And I know for some of us, it's always been this kind of false start thing and maybe it hasn't been as life-given as you've hoped it would be, which is why there are these resources, which is why we're doing this series. So why don't you try something new? Why don't you try putting some of these things into practice and some of the things we preach about? So that's the one challenge, five weeks devotion challenge. The second one is gonna be a fasting challenge. Um, I don't know, we love fasting as a church. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna talk more about that in the weeks to come. But just to let you know that that is all out there, again, we wanted to resource you. And one of the other ways we want to resource you and help you in this process and equip you is with these journals. Now, I know some of you love coming to church with your journals and you love taking notes with your journals and uh, maybe your digital things as well. And, and you have your books open when you do your quiet time, but some of us don't. So we want to say, hey guys, here's a journal for you for the incredible price of 20 bucks. Now, let me tell you, it's high quality paper. It's a high quality journal. And we want to encourage you, even if journaling is not really your thing, why don't you take that 20 bucks and invest it into your devotion time and actually give it a spin? There's an article in that guide called, in that series guide called Praying Scripture. And in that, I'll just give a little spiel about journaling. Read that and maybe you'll be encouraged to try something. But just to help some of you go along with these journaling, um, we want to give away some of these journals. Uh, so, 
who here, I'm going to ask for your hands, who here, you're already a journaler, you're already, I'm preaching to the choir, but you're coming to the end of your current journal. All right. Who's all, almost, ah, Kerry, your hand went up. Here we go. Uh, Bianca's going to give that to Kerry. Well done. Uh, exciting. Can't wait to see what goes into that journal. Um, who journals and just love taking notes in church, but <laughs> thanks, Vic, but forgot their journal at home today? Gabs. There we go. That's awesome. Um, I notice it's all the ladies so far. Guys, what's going on? We're supposed to be leading here. Who, now let's be honest, who, if I gave you a journal for free, would try starting today? Sorry, I, I know it's all the friends, uh, but uh, Lee's hand did go up first. Awesome, Lee. And then finally, last question. Uh, and I'm going to be looking maybe further back to the answer to these questions. Uh, you need to stand up and tell me what are the two challenges that I've just told you about? <laughs> Literally five seconds ago. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well done. Okay, I hope that's um, again. I never used to be a big journaler, but um, the last couple of years that I've captured in my journal have become pure gold, and I will never get rid of uh, that discipline in my life. And finally, we, another way we want to resource you is with great books. Um, just to remind you, we've got an incredible library. We have handpicked these books. Even when people give us some books, we look through them, but we've bought, we've chosen most of the books that are in there. Uh, so they're new books, and uh, there is going to be a prayer book table. So if you want to find great books on prayer, go to the prayer book table. And then also Emma and Emil, they are also selling great books at great prices, unbeatable prices. And again, if you're going to ask them about uh, their books on prayer, I'm sure they'll be able to point you towards some incredible resources. So before we get uh, any further into our message, let's pray. Father, we come before you and prayer is teaching us that we are desperate for you. We cannot do this life without you. We cannot do anything without you. And God, over the next five weeks, would you inspire us, give us just great vision for prayer. And God, we also pray that you would equip us and you would teach us and that this church and we as people would be different because of what you deposit in us over the course of these five weeks Amen. Uh, just to let you know, the journals are going to be over here on my right. That's where you can buy them after the service. Now, I know that when we go as, as people and when we just, you know, when we come to church, we tend to fix our eyes on what is seen. Right? So you can see me preach. We can see and hear the worship team. We can taste the coffee and we can eat the brownies, all right? So we tend to focus on those things. But the longer that I do this Christian walk, the more I realize that the real stuff is the hidden stuff. The stuff that is unseen. Now, if you look at an iceberg, most of you learned in primary or high school that what you see is only one-seventh of the iceberg and six-sevenths are unseen. I know some of you have beautiful trees in your garden. When I play golf with my dad, uh, there are some beautiful old oak trees that must be hundreds of years old. But I know in order for those oak trees to have survived the seasons, 
and to look as beautiful as they do, they need to have this incredible root system that goes deep and provides the nutrients that that tree needs. So in both of those cases, in the iceberg and of the tree, the thing we see is empowered by the thing we don't see. And the same is true with the Christian life. This is why Jesus, when he teaches, he says, listen, and we've just done this God in many series. When you give, it must be done in secrets. It's not for people to see. It's not for people to know about. Don't let your one hand know what the other hand is doing. When you do your good deeds, you don't do it so the whole of Facebook world can see what you're doing. Do your good deeds in secret because if people give you applause, there's your reward. But your father sees what he's done in secrets. When you're fasting, he says, don't walk around, you know, looking all haggard and unshaven and smelling weird. People, what's going on? I'm fasting. <laughs> Little self-righteous moments, false humility. No, he says, have a shower, have a shave, put on your best clothes and no one's gonna ask you what's going on. But a father who's in heaven sees what you do in secret. And the same is true when it comes to our prayer life and this life of abiding, that the real stuff, the real power is the hidden stuff. And we're going to see over the course of the series that when we invest in the hidden, when we invest in the unseen, God takes what He's done in the unseen and He brings it into the seen world. The problem is though, because it's unseen, it is usually the first to fall by the wayside, right? It is usually the first thing that's forgotten. Because we don't get the applause or again, it's just so easy. We don't always see the fruit straight away. So when we're talking about rejuvenating our prayer life, some of you are like, what prayer life? And some of you, as you kind of think about your own prayer life, some of you feel quite guilty about not having an active prayer life. And you kind of know it's something you should be. It's like going to the gym. You know you should, but you don't. Right? Some of you feel guilty. Some of you, if you're dead honest, just don't feel guilty at all. You're like, I'm actually quite happy to continue my life the way it is. I wonder if you had to diagnose the types of prayers that you pray. Some of you, if you just think about it for five seconds, will realize that most of your prayers consist of probably the most prayed prayer. Help! <laughs> All right, God, I need financial help. I need you to help me get through the situation. I, I need you to help her say yes. I, I, I just need to, you know, those crisis prayers, you call them shotgun prayers. All right, and again, those prayers are great, but sometimes if you had to think about it, those are the only prayers you pray. Some of you, well, where is my prayer life? And some of you would realize that it's only that little bit of grace that you say together as a family. I know that one of the reasons that many of us struggle to pray is because we struggle to see the fruit of it. We invest in it and then five days later, nothing's changed. So why pray? I know some of us struggle to pray because we are so overwhelmed by our own shortcomings, our own failings, and sometimes our own sinfulness. And we feel like we cannot come into God's presence and pray for things because I'm so messed up. And so we struggle to pray. I know some of us are disappointed in God. The reason why we don't pray is because God, I was praying about this and it just feels like he didn't come through for me. I was praying for someone to be healed and they're still not healed or they never got healed. I was praying for financial help and for you to get me out of this hole and it hasn't happened yet. So I'm beginning to wonder what you're up to, God, and I don't know if this prayer thing works. And I've been praying to meet a partner and I'm still 30 years later praying to meet a partner. So God, so we're disappointed. And therefore we struggle to pray. And again, if some of us are just dead honest, the reason why we don't pray is we're just lazy. 
All right, same reason why we don't stick with our diets and going to gym. We are just lazy. And my prayer is that during the course of this series, regardless of where you're at, I'm not saying this to condemn you, just a moment of truth, I always talk about that, that God will meet you there. That you're real with Him. And he, you're gonna find Him real with you. And as you take steps of faith deeper into a life of abiding and a life of prayer, that you find God. And you find that He has always been there. Now, as we talk about prayer, often the first thing that we think about, and again, we've kind of been introducing the entire series so far, is our personal prayer life. But sometimes uh, we don't always think about our corporate prayer life. And that is what this morning is going to be about, is the empowered church or the praying church, the church that actually taps into the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer. And uh, if you have your Bibles here, I encourage you, turn with me to Acts chapter 4, verses 23 onwards. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 onwards. We're going to read that together and just see how we're encouraged to pray. We're going to read through all these verses and then just kind of walk through them and see what God says to us. So Acts 4, 23. On their release... Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servants, our father David. And he quotes, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. And they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. A question that comes up in my heart regularly and a question that is posed to me regularly is, Stephen, why is it that whether it's this church or the church around the corner or church on the other side of the planet, why is it that we're not seeing what these guys saw? Why is it we're not seeing the kinds of miracles that are being done? Why is it we're not seeing the kind of evangelism that was being done? Why is it we're not seeing that kind of revival, that kind of church growth, that kind of community impact? And while there are probably a number of reasons for that, I think at the top of that list is the fact that we are not tapped into the same power that they were tapped into. What we see as we read through the book of Acts is that the early church, this is the first church, many of them witnesses to Christ's resurrection, Prayer was not an add-on to the ministry of the church. Prayer was the foundation of the ministry of the church. Acts 1 verses 4, they were all joined together in constant prayer. Acts 2 verses 42, they devoted themselves to prayer. Acts 4 verses 24, it's what we read now, they prayed for boldness and signs and wonders. Acts 6, the apostles devoted themselves to prayer in the ministry of the word. Acts 9 verses 40, Peter prayed for the sick. We see the church praying for Peter to be released from prison. We see the church praying when they're raising the leaders and sending out missionaries. Literally on every single page of the book of Acts, we see the church in prayer. 
Now, the book is called Acts, but as some people have tried to give some definition to the name, they've, they've suggested the book should be called the Acts of the Apostles, while others have argued that maybe it should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because that was the real work done in the book of Acts. This is not the Acts of Steve. This is the Acts of God through people, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. This is where the real power lay. And yet... Uh, and, and maybe this is more my church background and my experience, but um, often the least attended events in the life of a church is, you guessed it, the prayer meeting. And, and let's be honest, often the least exciting event in the life of the church is the prayer meeting. And guys, this should not be. I mean, if, if we want to tap into the power of God, we need to be praying. If we want to see God doing what only God can do, we need to tap into the God who does what only God can do. This should be the lifeblood of our church. Now, I love what we see in this verse. Um, and maybe a few years ago, I wouldn't have been as excited about it. But uh, in verse 24, this is how they prayed. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Now, Again, more my church background and my experiences, um, usually this is not how prayer meetings are done and this is usually not how Sundays are done. Normally there's, there's kind of like sets of unspoken rules. You know, so some of the rules are, you know, we sit down quietly, we bow our heads and then we, we go in a circle. You know, we start somewhere and we go in a circle because, you know, God hears it when you pray in circles. And at other times, being in a prayer meeting or being in a Sunday, no, 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 we wait for the professional prayers to pray all right, the leaders or someone is passionate, they pray and I just sit in and I, you know, amen in my heart. Right, and there's nothing wrong with praying like that. There's no necessarily a formula on how to pray. But what I love about this picture is the 100% involvement. There's the church, they are so desperate for God to act. They are so aware of their own limitations and their need for God's power to come through for them that they're all, they're not waiting for decorum. They're not waiting for this nice little sterile prayer meeting. They just raise their voices to God together. It's just all these voices and all these hearts coming out in this fountainhead of praise and this fountainhead of prayer. Now I know, I know that sometimes we have some moments in our church and we're kind of like one of those in-between churches and the moments come in maybe a time of worship or a time after a time of worship where we're encouraged or just that's where the music is or uh, to raise our voices in prayer and I know some of us just love those opportunities but I know most of us sitting here that's like the most uncomfortable part of our whole entire week right I want to ask why is that and I know some of us are introverts and some of us think it's a style thing. You know, only those kinds of churches, you know, those crazy churches, they do that. We're like a, you know, we're a sterile church. So we're not going to do those things. And I'm saying, guys, it's not about style. Can we get to the point where when we've got opportunity to pray, whether it's in a Sunday meeting or a prayer meeting or a life group, we're all so passionate for what God is wanting to do. We're also desperate for what only He can do that we just want to add our voices and our hearts to everybody else's voices and hearts. Now I know some of us, maybe that's a step too far, but here's my suggestion to you. 
When you're in a situation like that, I know sometimes you know, we're introverts and we've got you know, things to figure out, but don't sit on the sidelines and criticize. Pray. Pray. If you don't know what to pray, just pray. Pray something. There's some words on the screen that are singing some beautiful truths about God. Pray. Maybe all you can manage is just to pray in the quietness of your own heart, and that's incredible. Maybe some of you can just, you know, kind of add a little bit of a whisper to the voice of voices going around you. But pray. Just pray. Some of you just can't wait for those moments and you're declaring your praises of God. I know that um, this is not something that uh, we speak about every single week, but we have taught on the gift of tongues and the conviction that we have as a church is that by and large, the gift of tongues is for personal edification, meaning it's more for our private prayer lives and uh, only in the rarest of opportunities when someone has a tongue for the church must there be an interpretation. But sometimes in those moments, just using there's the Spirit, there's God working and we can just, without distracting the people around us, we just to pray in tongues. Guys, I don't know if the goal is this nice, predictable, sterile prayer meeting or church meeting. Is not the goal for God's presence to be there? Is not the goal for us to be united? And here's really what I'm shooting for. Again, style on the side. Can we not, if you consider yourself a member of God's church, have 100% involvement that we're praying We're pouring out our heart. We're worshiping and adoring God. And we're declaring our need in order for Him to move in power. Now, if we're going to be a praying church, we need to realize that we need to be praying for boldness. So these guys did. In these verses, there's a bit of a context. This is soon after Jesus was crucified. Jesus was crucified for claiming to be the Son of God. Now, these guys are going around teaching about the Jesus who was crucified. And these guys, Peter and John, had just received a stern warning from the high priests, saying, don't carry on preaching or else. I remember Jesus had just been crucified for that. So this is a big or else. Now, just think about what you and I would pray for in light of that kind of opposition. I mean, we're talking about prison. We're talking about death. We're talking about scourging. What would you and I pray for? I, I suspect... And I probably put myself there too, that my first prayers will be, help, <laughs> all right? And then my second prayers will be, Lord, make the bad men go away. Bless our church and let us worship in freedom. Notice what they pray for. Look in verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats, these external difficulties and opportunities, and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Guys, when you pray for Riverside, and notice my assumption there, I'm assuming that you're praying for Riverside, especially if this is your family. When you pray for Riverside, what are you praying? Now there's about a million things that we could be praying for, all of them good. Some of them are really small things, like Lord, did the PowerPoint work today, okay? But if we had to take an aggregate of our prayers for Riverside over the course of a month, what would be the boldest prayers being prayed? And I want to encourage you, to step into greater levels of boldness, knowing this. God wants more for Riverside and His kingdom in the south of Joburg than we do. And if that is true, why do we not step into that and pray for boldness to walk towards, again, can you see the theme coming out, to walk towards our obstacles in faith, praying for God to empower us with boldness. 
couple of years ago when we were preaching on prayer, um, I mentioned to you something that I actually learned from Craig. It's something that he calls the prayer heresy. And just a little made-up picture. This is not theologically correct, but just work with me on this one. Um, so imagine there's God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're up there in heaven, and they're looking down, and they look at Steve, and they're like, hey, and Jesus says to the Father, hey, Dad, you know, um, why don't we, the next thing Steve prays for, why don't we just give it to him? We don't have to wait for him to persevere. We don't have to see what his faith is like. Just whatever it is, we'll give it to him. So they all look at each other. Okay, cool, high fives all around. Whatever Steve prays for next, we're just gonna give it to him. Okay, lucky. Hopefully they don't wait more than a few days <laughs> before Steve gets down on his knees and pray. So there, Steve gets down on his knees. He opens his word, spends some time alone with the Lord and he starts to pray. And the first thing, they're just waiting to pour out heaven and to pour out power. And the first thing Steve says is, Lord, may the PowerPoints work today. <laughs> just like, really? We would have given you anything. We'd have given you revival. We'd have given you the south of Joburg. But you prayed for the PowerPoint to work. Now, please pray for that to work. I mean, we had a crazy morning this morning. But <laughs> can we pray with boldness? Can we exceed our personal expectations and limitations and ask God for God-sized dreams for this church? So this was a church that was praying regularly together. It was the foundation. They were joining their voices together. They were praying for boldness and they were also praying for power. Look in verse 30. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Now the crazy thing is about this thing called church is that God uses ordinary people like me, and I know you figured that one out. I'm a very ordinary person. And like you, and I know you figured out that you're a very ordinary person. And Peter was a very ordinary person. And Paul is a very ordinary person. And God is in the habit of taking broken and very ordinary people and using them. God doesn't work apart from his church. At least 99% of the time, he uses you and me. The problem is, I can see you, you can see me. I can't always see what God's doing. So what we tend to do, we tend to focus on what we can see. We tend to focus on the Steve, the Craig, the worship team, the coffee, the brownies, the aircon. All right, we tend to focus on those things. And oh, if we get those things right, then revival will happen. Now, does that mean that we all just kind of do nothing and hope that something happens on a Sunday? No, no, no. We would call this stewardship. God gifts people to serve. He calls us to serve in obedience. I give my first. I give my best of my time and my talents, but I don't put my faith in it. The way God's been growing me as I prepare for Sunday is man, I'm going to give my best. I'm going to literally spend hours in research and, and praying and writing and rewriting and asking God for wisdom. And I'm going to be praying for God to lead me exactly what I need to be saying on a Sunday. Asking for an empowered message and spending my time in due diligence, being a good steward of the calling that God has called me to. But what God has been teaching me to pray is that, Lord, I could bring the world's perfect sermon 
And if you do not come down in power, it's a waste of time. The problem is, we put our faith in what we can see, what we can hear. Guys, God is calling us, yes, to steward our time and yes, to steward our talents, but to put our faith in the God who does what only God can do. You know, in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit shows up 59 times. Now, we've already drawn the connection between the praying church and the activity of the Holy Spirit. 59 times the Holy Spirit shows up. 39, 36 out of the 59 times, the Holy Spirit speaks. Now, don't ask me how he spoke in those times. They didn't tell us, you know, like magic writing appeared in their journals. That's not what happened. You know, suddenly everyone got downloaded the same messages to their minds. We would understand this as we look through the whole of the New Testament. We would understand this as the gift of prophecy. Where one of the ways that God manifests his power is he puts something on someone's heart for the strengthening and the encouragement and the edification of the church. Now I know when we talk about the Holy Spirit speaking, I know, trust me, I know that some of the weirdest and sometimes dangerous things have been said in the name of God told me, right? But just because there is an abuse out there doesn't mean there is not a right use out there. And just because some crazies stand up and it's got something more to do with their political ideology or some of their weird religious fanaticism or they had bad pizza last night, it's more a product of that than God. Just because that's the case with some people doesn't mean God is not speaking. And if God is speaking, we need to be seeking, which means we need to be praying. Which is why at this church, I know it doesn't happen very regularly, but we want to practice the gift of prophecy with great humility with great discernment. But we also want to have this confidence that God is at work and empowering us as a church. Again, I don't know if the goal of our Sunday meetings is this perfectly predictable Sunday meeting. I know the flesh likes that. And if I'm honest with you, I like that. But when I'm really honest, when I check out the calling in my heart, God, what have you called me to? Nice predictable church meetings. Guys, I'm desperate for God's power. I'm desperate for God to work and do what only, otherwise, what are we doing here? Really, what are we doing here? Wayne Cordero, he's uh, one of these pastors of massive church in Hawaii. Um, you know, on the speaking circuit, writes a lot of books. Uh, he speaks about the one time he had a church at that stage, about 10,000. They were still meeting in a school. I have no idea what school can keep 10,000 people. But anyway, uh, and they got notification like we sometimes get. Uh, guys, a few weekends time, we can't meet you. Now, we can find somewhere for 300 people. We can find somewhere for 10,000 people, all right, in a heartbeat. So he starts phoning around and all the venues that could potentially have kept them were all full and booked. So that they realize, listen, guys, we're going to be having an outdoor church meeting on that Sunday. All right, so they, um, it's a spring, and apparently weather in Hawaii in spring is very unpredictable. Uh, so they had a tent organized just to kind of cover the stage and some of the main sound equipment. Um, and uh, they just started praying, Lord, please don't let it rain, please don't let it rain, please don't let it rain. Also being a large church, they had multiple church meetings. They had a church meeting on the Saturday night. And there was a bit of a drizzle and it's prayed, Lord, please, tomorrow, tomorrow when most of the people are going to be here, please don't let it rain. 
So Wayne goes home that night and, Lord, I just trust you and I'm going to trust you with tomorrow. And he went to sleep with his confidence that God would not let it rain. Guess what happened? He woke up to this kind of Joburg Highfell thunderstorm sound on his house and he realized this is absolute chaos. What's going to happen? So he goes through to the tent and the church meeting. There are a few people showing up, a few people huddled in the rain, praising. And, and he's praising, but honestly, in his heart, he's so upset. He's like, Lord, but I prayed. You know, I thought you were going to come through for us. What's going on here? And in that moment, he felt God say something to him. You want the absence of rain more than the presence of God. But isn't that us? We want the absence of discomfort. We want the absence of things that aren't my taste more than the power and the presence of God in our meetings, right? So if we're gonna be praying boldly, we need to be praying boldly for God's power to show up. The last thing we see in verse 31 is this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Guys, if all we have on a Sunday morning is an awesome meeting, and nothing changes tomorrow, we've wasted our time. We can have, again, just like Steve can, not really, but potentially have the perfect sermon. We could potentially have the perfect church service that if it went on TV, everyone would go, wow, how did they do that? How did they get those things right? Media working, lights going mad, everyone singing perfectly in tune, Steve's on top form. But man, oh man, if God's not in it, let us go home. And if my day is not different tomorrow, let us not even come here. See, these guys, they were filled with the Spirit and then they went out in faith and they preached and they lived boldly. And that is a prior commitment that you and I need to have when you come here. Come to a small group meeting, come to a Sunday meeting. And you know why we meet weekly? Sometimes I need a weekly reminder to live this faith out. Because sometimes by Friday, Saturday, I'm like, hey, Lord, I'm tired. Sunday, okay, okay, I can do it again. And Lord, I can only do it with your power. And when God's speaking to us about prayer, when God's speaking to us about our resources, when God's speaking to us about our time and our commitments and our family and our sex life, when God's speaking, we need to be prepared in faith, empowered by Him to actually live this out tomorrow. So where do we go from here? Well, this is really just the teaser for the whole series. And why don't you commit to being part of the series and seeing just how God builds on every single week, just bringing us further and deeper as a church and bringing you deeper and further as an individual. But here are some very small practical ways that you can proceed from here. Number one, pray bold prayers for Riverside. If you don't pray and you want to know where to start, here's a good place to start. All right, if you pray, help, 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 why don't you start praying, Lord God, help Riverside, help Steve, help the staff, help the leaders, help my small group leader, help the ministry teams, but pray for Riverside. And why don't you pray the boldest prayers that you can find in your heart? Pray for these ministries to thrive and flourish. Pray for mission opportunities. Pray for growth. Pray for provision. Pray for God to exceed our expectations, but pray. Pray bold prayers. 
In order to be a praying church, it doesn't always mean we have to be a prayer meeting church. But can we be praying in our homes, getting on our knees? Number two, he has an opportunity for you right this Wednesday. Now, I know some of you love prayer meetings. Sometimes, you know, I know for some of you, I'm preaching to the choir and you're there, you're signed up and you're gonna be here come rain or sunshine. But as some of you are like uh, on the fence, like really, you know, there's something cool on TV that night and, you know, midweek, I'm really tired by Wednesday and I'm not entirely sure. Maybe, you know, I don't know if I like the corporate prayer meeting thing, you know, like I like praying by myself and, and maybe I'm, I don't like crowds and are they gonna make me pray out loud and all those kinds of things. Here's my encouragement to you. Come. Because if we're going to grow, not just grow individually, but grow as a body, which includes you, that means trying something new. That means stepping out in faith, which by definition is trying something new, trusting God. Right? So, see you guys on Wednesday. That's the other way that you can be involved. Uh, just quickly, we've got the prayer walk coming up. It's in your uh, prayer resource there. It's coming up on the 2nd of June. We're going to be breaking the fasting challenge and we're going to be uh, walking around, praying for God to open up mission opportunity for us, starting at the land, coming back to the land, and then we're going to have a big old fat chow together. All right, but more information on that coming up. Every single Sunday, we've got a prayer meeting, getting on their knees before God here, before Liquid Rock Cafe at 9 a.m. Why don't some of you commit to being part of that? If you've got young kids, there's already a whole bunch of kids here. The leader's already here. They'll make sure that no one dies, right? If you don't have kids, you've got even less excuse to not be here. I've been amazed at the number of times someone from that prayer meeting, because I can always be part of it, has come up to me, Stephen, you know what you preached about? That's exactly what God said to us in the prayer meeting. The number of times that God has shown up, why don't you be part of that? We've got the missions prayer meeting coming up. The men are going to be praying this week. We've already spoken to you about that. But one of the most powerful ways that we can be a church and be a praying church is to pray with people, not just for them. I know I'm guilty. Hey, Steve, here's my need. Here's what's going on. Cool, I'll pray for you. And then the minute I don't see them, it's out of my mind. How about, hey, can we sit down right here while I've got you on the phone? Or can I come over? Or Wednesday night at small group or at our ministry team meeting? Can I pray with you? And can we in those moments trust God for big things? Guys, this church is praying for God to extend his miraculous hand with signs and wonders, praying for power and praying for boldness. I'd love to see that happening here. I I don't know if you've got faith for that. But I know we've got some guys, uh, Vernon, Sean, some of the guys here just can't wait for something like that to be mobilized in the life of this church. So watch this space. Over the next short time, we're gonna be announcing a time of Prayer ministry training. And when that announcement comes up, just mark it as of high importance. Come along. Even if you're not entirely sure about it, just come along to those moments and you will hear about that shortly. We would love to be praying for each other here on a Sunday, praying into what God is doing into people's lives and seeing breakthrough and seeing God's power here at work. And again, we're not chasing a style. We're not chasing signs and wonders. We're chasing God's power. The real thing. So pray with me for that. Now guys, I get excited about this series. I can honestly tell you of the 
hundreds of sermons that I've preached here at Riverside and the dozens of series that we've preached here, the series that have changed me the most have been the series on prayer. I can honestly say that 10 years ago, prayer was not my favorite space. But God has been growing me and challenging me, not just to kind of do my prayers, but to abide in prayer. To seek God's power, seek His face, seek His presence. And I can tell you now that I'm a different person because of that. And for that reason, I'm excited about this. Guys, imagine if we all did that. Imagine if we all took several steps forward into abiding with God. Next week, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. If you want to just prepare, read chapter John. uh, Chapter John. (laughs) That's why I prepare. All right. Read John chapter 15 and come prepared to hear what God has to say. Guys, imagine we did that. Imagine whether it's in the privacy of our own home or when we came together, we wanted God's power and God's presence more than anything else. God's word says that God is able to do immeasurably more than we even ask. He says, hey guys, if you who are evil, meaning we're broken and sinful and we stuff up all the time, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will our Father in heaven give good things in the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So guys, I want to invite us all to stand. And as your sign of commitment to engage in a journey of going deeper with God in prayer, both personally and as a body, us doing this together, just put out your hands. And even if you don't know what this journey is going to look like, where God's going to take you, I want you to trust God. Father, we stand before you recognizing that we cannot put our faith in the things we see. Yes, we will serve. Yes, we will serve with excellence. Yes, we will commit. But Lord, without you, that is nothing. So God, we declare with desperation that we need you and your power. We need you to give us boldness. Boldness to have greater faith. Boldness to live out our faith from Monday to Saturday. We need your power in order for us to better be your presence here on earth. God, so we pray for more. I believe you have already shown us so much grace as a church. But God, you don't have a finite resource of grace up there. We're talking about the infinite wealth and riches of heaven. So Father, we ask for more, more power, more boldness, more of your spirits. God, I'm asking that you break into new areas of our lives. I encourage some of you to pray that. Lord, would you break into new areas in my life? Would you soften my heart if it is hard? Would you bring healing if there's brokenness stopping me from walking further with you? And God, would you take us all deeper? We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.